Lee, so we're here. We're doing another quick fix um, because we're in quarantine, and that's the way it is. We've got plenty of time. Um, and I like talking to you. you. Yeah, we like talking to each other. We like recording it. Jeremy is in Vermont, um, hiding from the world, checking out. Looks brilliant. Looks great. Um, <clears throat> so one thing I wanted to ask you about, just quickly, because I know you don't really like talking about this stuff, but I have thought about these podcasts, you know, as we make up probably 20% of our listenership <laughs> and we listen to them the most, we're our biggest fans, so to say, so to speak. Um, I have kind of looked at these as like historical documents in a way, like, okay, well, what was I doing in 2011? I can go back and listen to the podcast, whatever. I know where I was. I kind of remember. Um, but this is a unique time for us. And so I thought it would be useful. And I think people would appreciate it. people who listen would like to know how you're feeling about everything that's going on. Not necessarily related to movies. You can maybe throw those in there, patter those in there. But, you know, in 90 seconds or less, how's it going? Um, look, it's I, I consider myself extremely fortunate. I am still working. I'm still getting paid. My wife is still working. She's still getting paid. Um, me and my entire extended family and all of my friends are still healthy. So I, I don't ultimately have a lot to complain about in that department, but I also find this to be a very anxious and stressful time. Um, and I don't like it. And I can't wait until we can look back at this in a time capsule sort of way and say, Oh, what an interesting time this was. Um, remember when we were recording all these podcasts and watching all these movies because, uh, we were quarantined. Um, can't wait for those days because that means all this will be over. And is that just your stress from it or? It is. That's exactly what it is. You know, I, I don't want anything bad to happen to the people I care about or really to anybody at all. I mean, it's just, I think I feel the same way as a lot of people do right now. Um, I'm trying to think positively and make the most of it. And, you know, I think a lot of people are trying to have a positive mindset, which I think is great and refreshing to see. So I, I think that there is some good coming out of this and I hope that that continues to happen. Um, I hope that, you know, the few people that do listen to this podcast find some sort of a reprieve from it and can enjoy just a little escapism and hearing us talk about movies. But, yeah, and then they turn this know, on and now they're all pissed and we've lost yeah, even like, more listeners. Fuck. <laughs> We're not interested in this. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the depressing thing is every time I listen to a podcast, the podcasts I'm listening to, of course, are you know, depressing, bad news. And this, this, from what I can tell, this is going to go on for a while, but, um, I agree with you. I'm in the same kind of situation. Like I, I still have a job for now and, uh, I, nobody I know is sick. And, and I mean, not that I'm happy that this is happening, but it is, there's a sort of novelty to it working from home. I mean, I'm sitting here with my whole edit suite in front of me. It's, it's a weird thing and I'm sure I'll get tired of it in the next couple of days. But, um, you know, so far it's been it's been a new experience, and I'm trying to make the most of it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I always think about you know, this is a fairly significant event, and depending on how scarring it is for the nation and the world, I mean, I don't know. Like we've, I feel like even from cinematic terms, we're still reeling from 9/11, which was, I don't know, 19 20. years ago, 20 yeah. years ago, nearly. And you know, I wonder if they're going to be making movies about this period. You know, as soon as they're allowed back on sets, Jim. yeah, right. They're like, and maybe even sooner. <laughs> the script is in production. Maybe they're in already developing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But it's so weird to think because there isn't really like a. I think what's strange about this time is that there's so much 
anticipation. I mean, now I guess we found out today, U.S. has has more reported coronavirus cases than any other country, but um, still, it doesn't seem like anything big has hit yet. And so, I mean, I guess if you were in New York, you might say differently. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I I I try as hard as I can to avoid the news. I've been reading the the Good News Network. It's the only thing that's refreshing, and it is refreshing to just read positive things right now. Um, so I'm not as informed as I'm sure a lot of people are, and I feel like I'm a happier person because of it these days. Good. Okay. Well, let's move on a little bit. I do want to ask you this another question. Just to, we'll we'll get back to the outcomes for the the the. I, we we put out a question to some people for on Instagram, and I thought we would. We're, one of them we need Jeremy to answer, but I thought we could answer at least one other one um but okay so i'm glad i have you here and and not jeremy because you've been a father much longer than he has it's been two and a half years i believe right almost three right yeah well three in july yep okay so what is since having a child what is your relationship with going to the movies i know you get to go to the theater for for movies for this but like i'm sure it's very difficult for you and lydia to find the time and to make the time and secure a babysitter, whatever you got to do to get to go to the movie. So what, what is that like um, nowadays? Well, so we have been to the movie theater together three times since Miles was born. Wow. Uh, we saw a beautiful boy in the theater. Oh, we yeah. saw little women in the theater and we saw, sorry, four times we saw knives out and we saw Tully. So four movies in the theater. Um, since Miles was born in less than three so in less than three years so we don't get to go a lot together um you know when we are in the midst of you know especially fixing season and when we're trying to get to um current movies I I make an effort to go once a week um it is it's hard I mean I have to go usually on a weekday evening after Miles goes to bed just to make things easier on everybody um you know, I think the the more interesting question, not to you know disregard yours, is is how much how much well, it's really how much my relationship to movies has changed since I have a kid. Like that's something I would kind of I wouldn't roll my eyes at, but I would sort of dismiss when someone would say like, "Oh, you watch movies very differently once you have a kid of your own." And I think that's really true. Um, you know, I'm I'm affected a lot more by certain themes than I used to be. Um, I think Beautiful Boy was uh, an example that we've discussed uh, when it comes to that. Right. Um, And with Lydia, there's movies, there's types of movies she won't even watch anymore um, if she knows that there's anything that has to do with, you know, kids being hurt or killed, anything like that. Not that that's a theme that people love watching, but, you know, in the context of a good movie, it's, you know, a good movie, but she won't even touch that. So I think you know, her relationship has changed with it too. Um, I just think in general as a whole, I mean, obviously you have less time. I mean, Jeremy pointed out to me or to us the other day that, you know, he feels like, I, he, I mean, he's not working right now. I think Sarah's working remotely. Um, and he feels like everybody's got all this time on his hands and he's at home and doesn't because he's got a, a, a three-month-old. Right. Um, that gives him maybe, you know, 30, 40 minutes of free time at a time so you know it all it all you know uh, movie watching and you know your experience at the theater seems to be way down the list of priorities once you have a baby but 
you know, since this is a film podcast, like it's a huge impact. It changes kind of how you have to approach everything. Sure. Well, the reason I ask is we got a question from when we posted on Instagram. Uh, God, where are these? Oh, no, I lost them. Um, and it was, do you think there will be repercussions? I guess this person means on theaters with films released to VOD. Do you think there will be repercussions for theaters with films released to VOD? So I, I, I think that's a great question. Um, you know, we, we talked a lot about how I think Jeremy was impacted and other things, but you know, the, you can't go see a movie in a movie theater now. So studios have found a way to work around that. They've released some movies on video on demand and, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see how successful those are. You know, like for people who don't know, box office numbers, the the money that movie theaters make um, are published every week. You know, they're printed in the newspaper. It's easy to find those numbers out, but it's harder to figure out how much money not movies you, make. Not if you're someone that still reads newspapers. Okay. Well, they're on the internet. I'm sorry. I mean, I... Um, but, but, but You can find them in the paper every morning. It's difficult to see how... It's, it's difficult to gauge how much money movies make on VOD, if they do at all. I mean, that that's a more always been a more mysterious part of the cinematic financials. Um, but I do think that, you know, yeah, I don't really know. I was thinking about this question, be, you know, I was thinking these movie theaters are going to be closed for months. You know, they're not going to, I don't know, I I don't think those, they probably have like a I would imagine either they own the building, they own the real estate, or they have got a long-term lease because you can't easily turn a movie theater into <laughs> really <Yeah>. anything else <laughs> right. without a, uh, quite a bit of construction. An um, awesome apartment yeah. for you and me. Yeah, right? Just a different movie playing in each theater. <laughs> what do you want um, to catch tonight? They're all they're all going to be on, so. But I don't know. Like the, the economics of movie theaters, I feel like, I you know, we we used to love that place, the ArcLight, because it was uh, a place that presented movies in a with, with some respect. But I do feel like most movie chains, and I don't know if that's because it's hard to make money nowadays in, with movie theaters. But you know, you go to like a movie theater with ten screens, and there's two people working there on a weekday, and you know, I don't know who's running things, and they they don't seem you know they're they're not the sharpest tools in the shed right shall i say and um i don't know it, it, it seems like you know movie theaters uh, at least the chains have gotten to a place where they're charging you the most they possibly can for soda and popcorn paying their employees as little as possible and having as few employees as possible and i think uh there's a few non-profit there's a non-profit movie theater in town that i love to go to here in portland but for the most part that's pretty that's pretty much universal yeah, so I mean a few things. I mean, I don't remember know if I'm sure I've told you this before, but my first job was one of those Right, you were at a um, movie theater. Movie theater employees not again, more proof that it's not always the sharpest tool in the in the shed <laughs> working there. Um but two things. One one that I I was thinking about this the other day. You remember um, me and Jeremy were talking about the move, the independent movie theater here in, in Salem that was for sale. Right, we were going to buy it, was it for a very reasonable price, and we were trying to figure out how we could all quit our jobs and buy it. And yeah, and I'm so glad we talked ourselves out of that at this point. That would have been a <laughs> this would be a rough patch we'd be going through yeah. to start off well, our, our. We'd be doing the renovations ownership. now, so it'd that's be, true, yeah. right? And making booking appointments with you know celebrities and stuff to yeah. come and putting in the four anyway. K, eight K projectors, all the eight K projectors. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but really, my the point I want to bring up that I think is is interesting is of course the 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 most obvious option for for uh, movie studios was 
to do what they've done a little bit of. And, and when I say a little bit, I mean very little bit, and that's release some movies to rent on demand. So I'm looking on Amazon Prime right now. You can you can purchase uh, Pixar's Onward. You can purchase Birds of Prey, I think, for $20. And you can rent for $20 The Invisible Man, The Hunt, Bloodshot. Uh, you can purchase Ben Affleck's The Way Back, and you can rent Emma. Uh, I think they're all $20. And so, look, like that that's fine. And, you know, a lot of people, ourselves included, have, you know, somewhat home theater setups that are that are at the very least serviceable to watch it, these movies. Now, you know, Tenant and Black Widow, I don't think they want to do this with. But where I question whether or not this is something that would continue because it seems like a no-brainer with certain like theaters nice to say like hey you know what this is a movie first couple weeks didn't do well in theaters let's put it on demand for people to rent for twenty dollars and i think it's that twenty dollar rental price tag even though you know two people go to the movie on a friday night twenty dollars is cheaper yeah there's something about that twenty dollar rental it's a lot that's a detractor you look at that number and you say no thanks i look at i i you know Right now, you look at I look at Amazon Prime and five ninety nine. I say no thanks. I say I'll wait till it gets to three ninety nine, <laughs> <laughs> like or I'll wait till it goes on Prime. Like I just think it's too much, even though it is. It's less than what you'd spend going out. Right, of course. For two people, it still is a number that I think is going to steer people away, and and ultimately, I don't think that that's going to be a successful model. So you think the theaters will live on? I guess so the reason I, 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 the I reason I so. asked you this, and the reason I asked you about being you know parents. Is that let's say every let's say let's say every big movie? I mean, I don't know. What are you looking forward to seeing? What's the movie upcoming, or maybe among those movies that you're looking forward to seeing most? Of the ones that are streaming, you mean? Any movie that's coming out in the ne- that you know is coming out in the next in 2020. I mean, Mank, Tenet, those two. Okay, let's I mean, say Mank is available to rent the day it comes out in theaters. Are you renting it? Um, it's a good question. I mean. It sounds weird, but it depends a little bit on the trailer. Like, does okay. this look like a movie that the theater experience is going to benefit more than just watching it at my house? But I, the the thing that you just and we've talked about it before, the thing you'll never have at home is the uninterrupted experience. Now you don't always have that at the theater anymore, unfortunately, because right. you have obnoxious crowds and people on their cell phones and you know much much worse things that unfortunately happen in movie theaters. But um, you know the uninterrupted experience that I want to have for Mank is only going to be an option in the theater. So I'll, I'll want to see it in the theater. Um, the days are gone where I feel like I need to be the first one there at opening day. So I'll go, you know, the Couple Tuesday weeks after it opens or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think theaters provided, you know, this crisis doesn't bankrupt them all. Uh, I think the, continue because there's always going to be you know the the marvel movie whatever that may be the christopher nolan movie the the movies that really can sustain them right i mean none of these movies that they're streaming right now were going to make their year anyway they were going to they they were the you know the movies that they were going to that were holding them over till they got to black widow really okay sure sure um well, that's it. okay. That's good. And then, I mean, I think that the the I I'm not worried about movie theaters, and I think you aren't either. No. Okay. I think to answer that, that question. I think that they 
they need they need to continue to think outside the box. Like take the 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 situation we're in right now out of the equation. They need to continue to think out of the box. I mean, say what you want about AMC's whether or not you know like whether or not they play the the best movies or whatever. Like you like your independent theater because they play some more interesting movies. But like AMC did a really smart thing when they converted you know a lot of their theaters to that kind of dine-in experience. The reclining seats, the assigned seats, right. a lot of the like. That was a, a really, really smart move. I remember when I first discovered one of those, there was only like six of them in the country, and now almost every AMC has some version of it. We don't have um, AMC out here on the West Coast. Gotcha. Or well, at least in Oregon. What Do you have something that's doing something like an equivalent to that? Well, we have. I think um, the first one of those, or one of the first ones, was called Living Room Theaters, and they have, they have, a, they have one in, our, in downtown. Right. It's right by my office. And so we go there a lot. They're... Uh, their presentation leaves a little bit to be desired. They're very small theaters and mm-hmm. they don't always have the best projectors and right. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's like watching a movie in someone's home theater, like a, you know, like a real one, like, yeah, like yeah. Michael Jordan has or something, but that's kind of cool. But like, look, that's, that's, I think what, you know, our generation is looking for and what the new generation of theater goers are looking for. Um, you know, you go like, I love the movies that Coolidge plays, but if you get stuck in the wrong theater at Coolidge, it's yeah. terrible. Yeah, you know, it's the 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 room is too small for the sound system that they've put in there, so it's well, that's good. At least it's not the uh, uh, other way around. It's too well. That's true, um, but the seats are too small. You're not comfortable, and and so like, but you know, then they have their big auditorium auditorium theater there too. And but my point is like the theaters have clearly shown that they know that they need to evolve. And so they're going to continue to do that. And I, I think so. they're going to continue to be successful. I, I agree. I, I would like to see more respect given t- to movies, I think, than the way they're presented in a lot of movie theaters nowadays. I think it's just sort of bottom of the barrel, cheapest we can present this to you, and that's it. Yeah. Um, but that's catering to the crowd. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if we can ask AMC chain to take the Get Your Film Fix podcast opinion and apply nationwide. Probably not. Okay. Well, this has been good. Quickly, what have you been watching? Uh, So I watched Blood Simple, the Coen Brothers' first movie. It's been a really long time since I saw that, and I kind of realized, like, God, I haven't seen a lot of their early movies in a long long time so i started i I also watched raising arizona um and i was thinking maybe i'll just go on to miller's crossing next barton fink um and kind of chip away at some of their early movies that it's been so long since i've seen i mean fargo big lebowski no country for old men although i've seen those so many times yeah um but some of their you know earlier ones then even ones like the man who wasn't there um i'd be curious to revisit that's interesting i i um I am working on a script and I kind of wanted to, I was kind of thinking of blood simple as, as a, as a sort of tone that I, that I'd like to capture for this script. So I went and I bought the blood simple script in a really nice book form and have been reading it off and on. And yeah, it's cool. I love, I kind of like reading those scripts and the way they present them. They're not quite like you and I would read like coverage, for example, or they're not, they're not mm-hmm. quite like final draft formatted. They're, they're formatted in a way you can read them a little bit easier um, but yeah, I think that's a great script, and uh, I always love the 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 mood of that film is so kind of atmospheric, and it totally is. I mean, yeah. it's uh, like it's just it, you can see an un 
polished version of the Coens in watching it. Like, you mm-hmm. can see that they're figuring out their auteurism. Okay. Um, you see a lot of the same things, like the long, empty streets with just the headlights lighting them. You know, there's a, sh- there's a shot where he's hauling kind of the, the dead body, try to get it back in the car, and there's a truck coming the other way, and it's just, it's just like the scene in Fargo where, the, where they see... <laughs> The kids drive by and see uh, right. see him dragging the dead body, and um, you know there's some the bullet holes in the wall that that the light then penetrates. Just reminds you so much of things from like No Country for Old Men. So like you're looking at this movie and you're seeing like, yep, I see where these guys are going. They, yeah. Like, and it's it's really cool. It, that that's the most interesting part of that movie. I think it's got some flaws, but um, and then the flip side, Raising Arizona, you see the whole other side of them, the comedy. I mean, it's such a goofy movie, and it's like the the silliness is so overplayed, but you still, we've talked about this before, you still give it so much respect because it's the Coens, which right. I always find interesting about them. Cool. That's great. All right. You catch up with anything else? Anything I've been watch Hidden Life yet? I haven't yet. I need to do that. I've been watching... Um, Tiger King on Netflix been joining the church. So the, what? So what is the story with this? It's this great. Like, it's great. It's great. I mean, it's about. I don't understand this, this. I just heard about this today. It's about this guy who. Well, it's about a couple people, but it's mostly focused on this guy who who's in Oklahoma who has this like wild cat park in uh, in Oklahoma, and he's just kind of this crazy kooky character. So far, I think we've only watched two episodes. So two or three episodes so but like it's nuts and especially to understand like the wild animal community especially in the united states is just there's all these people spread out out around the country who have these parks that they've just like put together for profit and it's like very unregulated and it's crazy would this would this be the most streamed movie on stream show on Netflix if everybody wasn't quarantined or is this literally I, just I, people see, I, have I, nothing I, to watch and it maybe. turned out that it's kind of interesting but I, I think that's it I think that's an interesting thing we might talk about some other time but like how people how these shows that you wouldn't think would be interesting to people find life on Netflix like what was how the sh- office didn't really do that well I mean the office was a good show and it, it was well received i guess on nbc but it's like the literally the biggest show i know on netflix so it's what like is the, this was before netflix what was that show about like duck hunters or something that was like really popular duck hunters um, oh, it's like these like a bunch of hicks in like alabama or something oh yeah that, that like, wasn't on netflix though no i know it was on it was on like a, a bravo or something yeah it like was that. like duck something duck duck, duck kingdom country or duck, duck kingdom or something yeah. yeah but like that that to me is what i'm thinking of with this tiger king thing. no like, no, no, just, no 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 it's a real it's like a real documentary it's a real documentary it's not like a reality show it's a documentary okay all right okay so all right uh again we'll try to keep getting some content out because uh we know people are dying for it uh, huge traction on the last couple podcasts <laughs> yeah alright thanks for listening